Hi, I'm Betsy Beers. This is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast for the television program Scandal, which is on ABC at 10 o'clock on Thursday nights. Please keep in mind that this podcast is official. It has been actually officialized by ABC as the official podcast. So if it's never, it's actually not official at some point, we'll let you know, and then you can listen to it as a bootleg podcast, which also would be super entertaining for me because then I'd be doing something kind of like illegal, but that would probably be bad for Disney, so we won't do that. Guess what, you guys? We're gonna talk about the finale. We just watched the finale, and here to talk about the finale is probably one of your all-time favorite podcast guests. I would say maybe your favorite podcast guest. Tony Goldwyn, who is joining me very kindly and sweetly in his own free time to talk about the finale and talk about playing Fitz, Fitzgerald Grant. Thank you so much for doing this. Hi, Betsy. Hi, everybody. Hi, see, Tony's here and Tony's wearing a nicely fitted gray t-shirt, which is, <laughs> it's, it's just a nice gray t-shirt, but it looks lovely on Tony, as everything looks lovely on Tony. Oh, thanks. And a nice pair of jeans and some nice suede shoes, actually. Yeah, you're rocking a casual look. Casual look, yeah. Which is, which is nice, which is nice, which is a little awkward because I'm in a prom dress, <laughs> which was weird because I thought he you. was going to dress up and I thought he was going to wear his powder blue tuxedo and he's not. So it's, it's a little awkward, but I figured for the finale podcast, I should be... You should dress up. I should like zhuzh it a little bit. You should and so it's working I, for I, you. Thank you so much. I thought the yellow was an odd choice for me in my coloring, but... But the pink bows the kind pink of offset the kind of yellow. Upset. I think around the neckline it's yeah. kind of pretty. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for noticing that. Mm -hmm. um, Okay, you guys, this episode is pretty traumatic on a lot of different levels. I'm still bleeding from it, I you have are, to say, right? right? As I'm sure m most of the audience is. It's kind of tough to know where to start with this one because we have Mama Pope, I think, finally has gotten her due, hopefully. But we don't know. But I we mean, don't know. Jake she's, got out of the hole. She got out of the hole. Everybody seems to get out of the hole. Jake ended up in the hole at the end of last season. And Huck's now he's, gotten out of the hole. He popped out real fast. I'm just so going to say the, the hole seems porous for a the hole. The hole is porous. It's not a very well guarded <laughs> it's not hole. It's a very good hole. I don't know. Let's remember with Mama Pope, she did yeah, chew her wrist open That's to right. get out of prison. So something tells me, I don't know that a hole, I don't think a hole can stand up That's to Mama right. Pope. What will Mama Pope chew? <laughs> that will be the, that's the actual cliffhanger. I've heard of eating dirt. Maybe there's, who, who knows what she'll end who up knows. doing. But she's ended up in a hole. I think Rowan, Olivia's dad, has proven oh, to be right? formidable in the most horrific way. Yeah. Just the most horrific way. I mean, every character, she's really taken Rowan now beyond anyone else, I think. I think Rowan actually is taking the biscuit on... Yeah, because pretty much everybody else, there's always this glimmer of potential redeemability with all the horrible things that we've all done. I don't know about Rowan, I mean... I think killing <clears throat> killing a kid is kind of, that's right up there with atrocities, that it's... That is, it doesn't get worse. And it goes back to that he promised Olivia that he wouldn't touch a hair on Fitz's head, and Huck says to Olivia in episode, which is two episodes ago, you know, he never extracts a favor without getting something right, exactly. in return. I mean, that's certainly that scene with all of you on the stage for the campaign and your son essentially collapsing is so. just ingrained in my head. I mean, just terrible. And also, it really leaves us in this incredibly gigantic, huge emotional cliffhanger. I mean, you end up in the Oval Office with Melly, mm -hmm. and Olivia's on a plane with Jake? I know. Again, Olivia has, has uh, taken off on Fitz. This, this uh, was such a difficult episode to do because being a parent and having having to face exploring the worst parental nightmare anyone can imagine was kind of daunting, but that's our job. 
but but I really love the the way this ends with Melly because Bellamy and I, you know, were talking about what is that thing when I say at the end I call for Olivia, and we kind of did it in a way where it's a very honest thing, and she makes the call to Olivia with my phone right there with me, and I'm sort of collapsed on the floor. It's a whole new level to Melly and Fitz's relationship, as awful, awful, awful as it is. The fact that Olivia is not present. I, I mean, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in four. And I'm sure you can. I'm sure Shonda can't wait to figure I'm it out. I'm sure she can. I'm sure she's just counting the minutes. When you look at the season as a whole, starting Olivia in an airplane with her father saying, you need to right. get out of here and ending the season in an airplane, leaving of her own accord, right. literally so brilliant. having given up. And just sort of the culmination for her of how many more messes can she clean up. And Jake, who's taken such a screwy drive this season too, with yeah. getting B613, losing B613, understanding what he had to do in terms of like the killing of James, which is at least he did it honorably, but ugh. That was the other incredible thing. I thought Scott was so amazing what, the way he played that because halfway through that episode, or maybe early on in the episode, when you see his behavior, when he's burying those bodies in that in 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 the, yeah. in the episode, you just think, oh, there goes J I can't, I'm done, forget Jake. But by the end, yep. when he's on the street holding, you know, with James as he dies in a very professional way, not like weepy and all that, you you go, what a great guy. And literally, I said the same thing. You know? I was like, that's a stand-up guy. I want to totally forget that's he shot a guy him. who really does the right thing. I'm like, wait a minute, but he shot the. guy. It's sloppily and caused him pain. And he's like, I'm sorry I had to shoot you in a painful way. I couldn't do it cleanly. I mean, it's so absurd and great and so scandal-like. Well, it's this weird yeah. existential thing which is constantly going on in this show to me, which is you're almost, it's not so much forgivable, you're understandable if you take responsibility for your own actions. That's and the, so right. The idea for Jake in that moment, and I think Jake's progress for like two or three episodes is all about, oh, I get it, as the head of B613, I have to carry out my own orders. And this sort of idea that if I'm going to assign this to somebody, it's going to be me. There is something incredibly responsible about that. It was like Fitz at the end, near the end of last season, killing the Supreme Court Justice, mm -hmm. Ferna. You did it yourself. You didn't call a Secret Service person. You didn't set up a murder. You actually got your own mm -hmm. hands literally dirty, and it made Fitz identifiable and believable and totally forgivable in that moment because he's willing to take the pain mm -hmm. and the burden of the guilt. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Olivia sort of says that to me in a recent episode, you know, when, when I realize the cover-up of the Sally Langston murder yeah, yeah, and that yeah. I'm forced to throw out the debate in order to keep Sally from bringing the house down. You know, and I'm so outraged and Olivia says, this is what, this is the game we play. Let's just be honest about it and be here in this moment now. This is who we are. This is what we do. And it's funny how that does in the most bizarre way make these characters relatable. You know, as Cyrus and Olivia have the scene in the finale, she says he's going to win. Fitz is going to win now because Jerry's dead. How, who, how can I be that person? You know, what is it? Whatever it's it is. Just, it's like the first how, thing that that's I think the first of. thing that I think of. When did we stop becoming people? And Cyrus says if we were ever people to begin with, maybe this job just brought out the monsters within us. Even them saying that they're acknowledging and taking responsibility for that lets us in to them and we feel connected 
to Cyrus and Olivia, even though they're admitting that they are emotionally and morally corrupt. Mm -hmm. So that's just such an interesting thing that this show does a lot, where you can go, yes, that's horrible, but I'm with you, because you're taking responsibility. It's just what you said. I think that's so right. It's the, I mean, and the people who are spineless are the ones who dump it on somebody else. And mm -hmm. then, um, I mean, it's funny, because it's like, you look at Sally Langston, and it's the weirdest kind of thing, because Sally, Sally, you almost forgive, because she was willing to confess. But then she didn't confess, which means I lost sympathy for Sally yep. Langston because I was really, except the fact it would have brought everyone down who I like and the show would be kind of like, the next season would be in prison. Like all of you trying to work right. out, like the prisoner situation. But there was something about her wanting to confess to God and that God stopped speaking to her that made me understand her a lot totally. better. And you know, it's interesting, the, on the flip side, I think one of the things when we talk about how irredeemable Rowan becomes at the end. One of the things that, that most impacted me, aside from just the shock of what he did, is that he says, he took my child, so I took his. And the fact that that is a dishonest statement makes me hate him. In other words, not, it's not about liking or dislike, but makes me, disconnects me from Rowan utterly. Right. Because I, you know, if Fitz had killed his child or done something and he said an eye for an eye, I would have said, well, I get it. But the fact that Rowan is, has this deluded, now I see that Rowan, even when Rowan would do unspeakable things and be taking the position with Olivia and Jake and Fitz and whoever, saying, this is the way the world works. Mm -hmm. You may not want to admit it, mm -hmm. but this is an ugly, dirty world and I have the responsibility for cleaning it up. When, even when he did that, even though I thought, oh my God, he's terrifying and awful, I, I connected with him. The minute he said that, I just went, oh no, he's the devil. You know, you, really. you do sort of feel that way because I, I always felt like once you understand what Maya Pope did in that episode where she's standing on the airfield and mm. Ben by Michael Jackson's playing in the background and she realizes that her mother in fact was a terrorist. Mm. In comparison, we continue to take Rowan and say, well, one of them has to be okay. Yeah, like right. one of them has to be good or bad. So Rowan must be the good one. But you realize that this finale for Rowan is the payback for that scene between the two of you right. a few episodes ago where you went head to head and you literally really rubbed the relationship that you had with Olivia in his face. And I think there's this weird right. thing where at That's that it. moment he decided he was going to try to figure out the best way to take Destroy you down. Me. And as you said, it's he so is able to surpass. I mean, Maya Pope at points, and this is the interesting thing about the show, everybody makes a decent moral argument for what they do. Even Maya Pope. Even Maya Pope, who made a really good one, by the way. She said it's all about the money. She said it's all about the money. At least and I'm honest about it. I'm about honest, and by the way, I'm nobody's servant. Right. I'm which not is what the you help. are. You're the help. Right. You're the help. And Olivia, Olivia right. I just wish I could get you a decent job. Mm. That is, I think, the most interesting thing about this season mm. is how deep and gray the moral quandary got, yeah. right? It's incredible the things that people can do that as soon as they own it, we can have compassion for them. It's true. It's almost it almost like, is, it defies logic, but it's true almost across the board. It totally is. And it's like, if you think about drama, it's the journey towards self-awareness. Right. You know, the idea right, that exactly. this is all about how close can you get to total self-awareness. I mean, sometimes you guys who are listening, we talk about Shakespeare in relation to the show, but yeah. you think about certain like King Lear who could not get to a place of self-awareness no, until was absolutely everything was destroyed. That's kind of the point here. Yeah. And that, I also think that's one of the things that has kept uh, the audience connected to Fitz. Because Fitz really had a dark patch in season two. Um, I, I would call when it I that. renounced Olivia and killed Verna and but 
the last movement of season two was Fitz determined to tell the truth and to face the truth and to deal in the truth and reality. So coming out with clarity about Melly, doing the countdown with Olivia where it's like, I am going to choose you and we're going to take the consequences. His willingness to live honest, his insistence to living on Now, he had the rug pulled out from under him. So Fitz was not allowed to do that. Not by Olivia. She, you know... And by Melly, so, but in a way, this, so that was the thing, I think, that kept an audience from going, you know what, I'm not interested in this guy. And that really sustained him through season three, right up to the thing I mentioned before, about the election of him saying this was supposed to be clean, this was supposed, was supposed to do this one right, and that's what's so awful about this. And then having to face the truth about his father raping Melly, I mean, oh my God. That also is in this finale. This finale is chock-a-bock full of stuff. Every time you turn around, there's something else where you go, oh no, there's don't somebody even else getting Make me. smacked in the head with a baseball bat. And by the Huck's way, Huck's family. Of Huck's family, Holy my crap. God, Huck's family. I mean, this is just a greatest hits of terrifying, horrible moments. And, <laughs> and you say Quinn, you know, Quinn finally is willing to like get over the crap and, and be with Huck, which is just so bizarre anyway. And then Charlie screws it up, which is just so frustrating. It's an incredibly intense, emotionally dark yeah. season finale, I think. And it, we keep like just upping the game. And somehow, I feel it's earned. You know, if you, mm -hmm. you sort of described this, anybody would go, that's too much. Come on, you can't pull that off. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow it's evolved in a way where you want, you go with it. And, and, and frankly, every single episode is like, how can you top? The episode I directed, 15, Fitz finds out that his wife has been having I an love affair. This episode and, so and much, you by find the way. out that his world blows up. That's not even three to the end. I know. Then James <laughs> gets, you know, or that was one before, James gets killed. Then the blow up with Mel, you know, it just keeps. His entire family structure is destroyed. It's destroyed. The one that you directed. Yeah. Directed so well, by the way. Like, I love that episode. Oh, thanks. To such a degree. And also, I'm just going to point out to the people who are listening, let's just remember that that was Tony Goldwyn directing Tony Goldwyn in practically every scene in the episode. I know, that was so funny. And the way this gets pulled sometimes is we assign <laughs> our actors, you know, or our people episodes, and you're the only actor who directs here so far. So we had this episode, and we didn't know. We had no freaking clue that some episodes are a little bit lighter. Yeah. But this one, it was... All Tony, all the time. So it was funny. Wall to wall fits. Tom Berger sent me a text <laughs> saying before I'd read the outline. Oh, by the way, good thing you're not in this one much. <laughs> so I was like, oh, phew, thank God, because you know. And then I look at it, I thought, you bastard. Tom Verica is our producing director, as you guys know, and also clearly a bit of an ass <laughs> to to have sent that. Thanks, Tom. That was nice. But it was it was really impressive. And that episode was I was trying to describe it to somebody the other day. Was I love that episode because it's both funny and horrible right. at the same time. I mean because, that scene when oh oh when the kids oh. I had a literally a physical reaction. I, I almost burst into tears when Karen walks in oh. on Andrew and Melly, oh. and and just as a parent of two young women. Oh yeah. That that shot when she walked in, I literally I had to walk away from the set. Like I started laughing, right. but I went bright red right. and I just started having a moment and everyone was like, "Tony, are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah. yeah I just that was so awful. Oh my god. Oh my god." It's it, was. it is it is like I I described it I think either in the podcast or somebody as the most dysfunctional family show ever because in this show every single aspect of family is so screwed up. Yeah. 
Like you guys, the whole relationship with Melly and Andrew, oh. the past with your father, Maya and Olivia, because that's when Maya basically says, you're the help. And right. she looks at Cyrus, who's trying to raise a daughter by himself. Right. It is a tapestry of horrifying family moments. I mean, it just, it made me feel great about the way I was raised. I know, right? I went home and I said to myself, <laughs> I love, I love what my mother and father did. I've but always given have, them guff. Look you, at me. You have these insane moments because, so Cyrus, who has just been the worst. <laughs> he has been And then terrible. his son, his husband is murdered. Yeah, there's that. Then all of a sudden, and he's, you know, in, in the worst kind of grief. And then he comes home and he's laying on the floor and this cute little girl's running around as an audience. You're like, oh, it's so cute. Right? Or Fitz saying to his family, let's just remember we all love each other. Or we have this thing in the finale, you know, right before Jerry dies, they're backstage and, and Karen says, do you ever get nervous? And Fitz is like, yeah, you get used to it. And Jerry gives Jerry a hug. And it's like the family, the first family, all that. They're like so great. We love them. And yet they're, it's a disaster. It's a just in a total poo show. It's <laughs> a, a big, big poo show. Um, a Facebook question, Mary Williams Poole wants to know, what's your fave, acting or directing? Fitz seems to walk the good guy, bad guy line. You've played both. Which do you prefer? So do you like acting and directing better? And do you like playing the bad guy or the good guy better? I have to say I really love the combination of acting and directing. The fact that I get to do, sort of look at telling a story from two different perspectives is amazing. You know, acting is like my first love and I, I'm endlessly interested and fascinated by it. The great thing about directing is you get to, you know, in a feature film, you are the central storyteller. In television, you're the central storyteller on set, really serving the vision of the creator. So both of which are fantastic, but you, the, the, the commonality of those two things is you work with so many different, different creative departments, which you don't really get to do as an actor. So that I really love about directing mm -hmm. and seeing something come together in the editing room and working with other actors in their performances is like being inside all these other actors' heads. Directing is extraordinary. So it's hard for me to choose. I'd be unhappy not doing either one. Do I like playing good guys or bad guys? And the answer is the best is playing fits because he's both. Every time I play a bad guy, I'm always working to find the opposite, the humanity, the heart, the person, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the compassion in the character. And a lot of times playing a straight up good guy, you want to find the dark side of that. And with a character like Fitz, he's both. And that's what really three-dimensional character is absolutely the best. And you know, interestingly, I think you just actually answered part of Laura Nicola Williams' question too, which is, what personality characteristics do you feel are imperative in keeping Fitz likable in the face of all that controversy? And I think you just answered that, which is, I think there's, it's all of that, all those aspects that you bring to the character that constantly give him both sides, but continue to make him sympathetic The thing about eyes. Fitz, I think, that keeps me connected to yeah. him, I think Fitz is a man of tremendous heart, and he's always driven by that, whatever he does. And sometimes he does terrible things and makes big mistakes. But he is someone who has a sense of trying to get to the light. He, he, he started out his adult life wanting to be a great man, to do great things, to have do things of real substance, unlike his father for whom he has contempt. Mm -hmm. And yet he keeps, so the fact that Fitz is always trying to follow his heart keeps him keeps us connected to him and, and me certainly. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if he disconnected from it and became all about the game or yeah. a schemer or disconnected from Olivia, frankly, I think we'd lose him or he'd lose us. That makes a ton of sense. And of course, just for you guys out there, there are a number of questions here for Tony playing Fitz about his hair. People do love the Fitz hair. Tony's hair is lovely too, but let's differentiate Tony's <laughs> hair from Fitz's hair because it's two different heads. Because after all, it is a wig. 
It's <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> he just has a strange little hair yeah. piece that we drop Finale on your head. season three, the wig comes off. And it's in nobody can pull it. <laughs> no, no, Melly goes for it. Don't touch the hair. Do not touch the hair. Cut, 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 cut. And Jocelyn Leany wants to know, were you born with that swag or did you have to learn it? Yeah, I was born as a little baby. I just popped out swagging. You can, can I tell you, see, you, rocked, you rocked it as a I tiny child. I rocked the swag as a toddler, yeah. You did. And I Toddler's actually remember swag. you directing an episode of Private Practice and you had the swag. Did I really? You did. Even wow, as a director and an actor, that. you had the swag. So Honestly, I'd never been told I had swag until Fitz appeared. Well, so I'm, I'm glad, glad that we could deliver a vehicle by which your, my swag. In, your instinctive swag has so been I don't think I knew what the term meant. <laughs> So I never heard the word before. Sunny at Little Miss Sunshine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what advice would you give Fitz going forward to season four? Uh, that's, I don't know. I mean, he's in such an awful, awful place. I would say for me, I would say cleave to Olivia Pope. That's usually good I, I think she's only the only safe harbor, as she has been for him. But I would say, in that sense, I'd say keep doing what you're doing. Stick If you stick with Olivia and force her to stick with you, that's your only salvation. That's a good one. Zoe at Zoe Zox is, what's the worst thing Carrie did to tease you while directing? Has she Does she tease you very much? Constantly, but I love it. I mean, it's not the worst. She never does anything. What, has she ever done anything? It's more, it's just like a constant low-grade mockery. The biggest tease for me was more the last episode I directed last season when we had a love scene. And I was directing our uh, a sex scene, which was quite an elaborate love scene of, for Olivia. And she was making fun of me about like my underwear and, and the fact that I was getting a little old and uh, you know what kind of underwear fits should wear and that I shouldn't try and be too youthful because I'm men of a certain age you know <laughs> so th that was that was we had fun with that I just simply like to point out that Carrie's way of teasing which is her gigantically intelligent brain figuring out ways to have fun with the situation it's very different than Josh Molina's just for example who does things right. like oh I don't know call executive producers and pretend to be other people and get them to call back just saying from my own personal yep. experience that Josh Molina I have luckily been spared Josh's you haven't spared hard pranks. Yeah, because they can get real serious. And he, so I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like, it. It's awesome. Carries, there's, there's never a mistake that it's out of love and affection. Exactly. With Josh, she, he takes the gloves off, I think. Um, Annette Evelyn wants to know, actually, Annie 340, does Scott ever tease you? When he gets to work with Carrie, or does Scott ever tease you? You guys tease each other? No, Scott and I are pretty careful about it, to be <laughs> honest. I mean, Scott's hilarious. So, Scott he, but, is super but funny. we kind of, honestly, we're kind of careful about that because we are rivals in a sense. Yes. And also, it gets weird because there's this whole public perception of who's for Fitz, who's for Jake. And Scott and I are good friends and have yeah. a lot of respect for each other and care about each other. So, I'm very sensitive. Like, I get very defensive when people diss Jake, and I think that Scott feels that way about Fitz, so we're kind of protective of each other in that way. So see, America, you've heard it here first. There doesn't need to be any teasing, because Fitz and Jake are alike in certain ways, and mm -hmm. Tony and Scott actually really like each other, see? So it's, I think, I think that's a great answer. Angela Sullivan wants to know at A. Sullivan, how do you balance working on the West Coast and living on the East Coast? Like, do you have to commute a lot? Do you feel like... Yeah. It's really hard, to be honest with you. It's the reason I've never done a television show before. Because doing movies... <laughs> Thanks, America. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, but it, it works now for my... Like, before, either in doing movies or something, it's a finite time period, so I'd go away for a period of time, or directing, I would be away for a certain period of time and then commit a certain amount of time at home. Now that my kids are grown up, it's a lot easier. So Scandal worked out perfectly because Scandal started 
started when my youngest Tess, you know, was a senior in high school, I think. So I knew we just had a year to get through where it was still about the kids at home. Totally. And now my wife and I just need to figure out how we could possibly be in the same state because that well, and that your we wife still is a very busy my wife designer is very as well. Busy like, production, so she's doing a movie in New York at the moment, and I'm out here. But we are patient people. We've hung in here this long, so yeah, no, it's yeah, it makes we'll sense. It I mean, it's always just trying to figure out some period of time where you intersect, and then yeah, and we're you know this is a, a profession of gypsies. I was just about to say that as we're all used to thing. this. So. Yeah, it is. It is the life we live. So, and, and we're really lucky to get to do it. And it's not a regular thing where I have to show up to the same office every day. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And I know, oh my God, I get two weeks off a year. It's not that kind of a job. So yeah, we make it work. I always like to answer, ask a question from Bobblehead Lives at Bobblehead Lives because they're always inspired. Do you have a favorite childhood cartoon, breakfast cereal, or board game? All three I have. Well, I would like to hear about them the then. Childhood cartoon was Peanuts. Which character did you identify I really with? related to Linus. Linus, well mm -hmm. done. And sometimes Charlie Brown, I'm sad to admit. My favorite breakfast cereal was Captain Crunch. Good choice. Very, mm -hmm. very good choice. Very classic. Although, and if you didn't put enough milk on it, it would scratch the roof of your mouth. It really bothered me as a kid. Sorry, strange information that America can wow, share. there we go. That never really bothered me, but... I bet it wouldn't, because for some reason it bothered me, and it's never bothered anybody else. <laughs> Board game. Oh, uh, Monopoly. Monopoly. Mm -hmm. And when you had to pick one of those little charms to drive around the board. The dog. You took the dog. Mm -hmm. I always took the dog to wear yeah. the top hat. Oh, yeah, top hat's good. I like the top hat, but I love the but dog. I like the dog. Yeah, yeah. you fight my brother for the dog. <laughs> In which case, I took the top hat. I was, just, bigger than I was me. just about to say, yeah, I can see why you actually identify with Linus then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. I was kind of more a Snoopy person myself. Oh, really? Okay, good. Yeah, cool. Um, I like the way Snoopy danced because Snoopy would like stick his head up all the way up in the air, his head would just become a big circle. Mm -hmm. I'm imitating it right now for Tony, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> when he danced, his little ears would flap, and I just thought that that was the And best you guys thing have ever. a similar sense of irony. We do have a similar yes. sense of irony. We're both like heavily that. ironic. Mm -hmm. Although also I think I'm probably cutting and cruel, as Lucy can be on occasion. So I like to use it. But Lucy didn't really have a sense of humor. Um, so see, there you go. Facts probably nobody's ever asked you before, but it's good to know but that for go. Christmas, I'm going to get you some Cap'n Crunch now. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all locked up. Thank you so much for doing this, Tony. I really appreciate you taking so the time because you're so, so busy. And you guys, this has been an amazing season and I have no other episode to tell you about because we are out of episodes at this point. And we, we have are... no idea what season four holds for any of us. For anybody. So the bad news is Scandal will be taking a break, a very, very badly needed break. And we're all very excited about the break, but we'll miss you guys. But there's Grey's Anatomy, you guys. <laughs> there's Grey's Anatomy. It's on from nine to 10 on Thursday. And you've got a bevy of episodes left and right now there's some things coming up that you guys do not want to miss on this television program. So I just simply say, you know, watch Grey's Anatomy. Watch it a couple of times while Scandal's off. Rewatch the Scandal episodes, but don't miss Grey's because we're leading up to a season finale for this you do not want to miss. That's Grey's Anatomy, 9 o'clock, ABC, Thursday night. I will be watching. Tony Goldwyn will be watching, which I think right there is a good Let's reason watch to watch. Let's watch together. Let's watch together, exactly. Remember that if you need to find us, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Our official hashtag is the incredibly original hashtag scandal. There's Pinterest, there's Tumblr, and there's good old ABC.com, which just keeps on ticking. God bless ABC.com. This is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Scandal. I will be talking to you again next season. Have a terrific summer. Get a little relaxation. Rewatch the first few seasons of our show because you want to be caught up and you want to remember everything to see where we go next. Take care. Bye-bye.